Hello everybody, my name's Angus Phillips and I'm Director of the Oxford International Centre for Publishing at Oxford Brookes University. Today I'm in conversation with Catherine Stokes, who is Head of uh, UK and Export Sales and Marketing at the children's publisher Nosy Crow. So thank you Catherine for sparing the time to talk to me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And uh, perhaps you could just briefly describe your role to start with. Uh, yes, well, I head up uh, for Nosy Crow um, sales, both export sales and UK sales um, and the marketing and PR department. Um, I joined Nosy Crow um, about five, over five years ago now. It uh, doesn't seem five minutes, but the department has changed such a lot in that time. We're a, 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 we started off as a small publisher and we've grown and grown and grown since then um, and uh, about 18 months ago we took export sales in-house it had been run by a, an export agency before um, and we felt that the time was right to do that in-house um, and slowly we brought in all our UK key accounts and um, excitingly we're just about to embark on on taking all the indies and our field sales in-house too so we've done it very gradually and um it, it's it's just as i say the department's just grown and grown and grown and we have a fantastic backup of, of marketing and pr support within that too okay great um so perhaps if we just start by looking more broadly at the children's market um can you identify a few trends over the last few years Yes, yeah, before coronavirus. Um, yes, the, I mean, the, the, the big one that stands out for, for us in children's is um, the real resurgence of beautiful books. It's really lovely to see those higher priced beautiful books come back onto, onto the, the, the main stage and also um, particularly in that non-fiction category. Um, you, I think you are going on to talk about middle grade in a minute and middle grade titles um, have just grown and grown and grown. A few years ago we were being told that there wasn't that much publishing in that middle grade fiction area and then everybody dived in and it's become a really really thriving competitive but very exciting area to publish in. So um, where did that trend come from? Was it David Williams kickstarted it or has it been going on for a while? I think it was going on before David Williams. I think it probably started, um, I think the market changed with Wimpy Kid actually. Yeah. Um, and that led to much more of a black and white illustrated trend at a slightly older age group. Um, I, I think that, that Wimpy Kid and the success of Wimpy Kid made that dense type for middle grade much less appealing um, and we had to respond to that too. We think a lot about the insides of our black and white fiction titles, um, the space, the air around them too. So every publisher's got to have a middle grade list at the moment. Well it's it's becoming more and more competitive I have to say. Um, it's uh, it's just finding those uh, those pieces of gold dust. Um, we we look very hard for raw talent so we're very very proud of the fact that we publish um, debut authors a lot um, and then bring them onto the list and, and really nurture them. Um, I do have some examples uh, here good, actually yeah. to show you so this, this would be one uh, Carly Sorosiak who yeah. um, uh, we got Waterstones Children's Book of the Month for her book first book I Cosmo um, Bell who stole an elephant by the uh, amazing Nizrana Farouk um, and uh, David Solomons uh, who writes 
brilliant, uh, funny boy um, and girl fiction. Uh, he was our first uh, TCM number one at Nosy Crow with My Brother as a Superhero. Because I'm at home, I'm sorry, David, <laughs> I have a copy of My Brother, but it's yeah. a, a sequel. So how did you find them? Um, how did you find those debut authors? Um, they come to us um, by primarily agents, actually, um, and we have to go back to our uh, our fiction team to ask them um, where where we get all of them from. But um, yeah, we we've got a really good re relationship with with our agents um, and uh, and a, a brilliantly talented editorial team who pick out the real gems. So I know you don't publish YA, but uh, have you observed what's been happening with YA over, YA over the last few years? Yes, we have. We have to an extent, um, but we have always, right from the start, the Nosy Crow was set up by Kate Wilson, and uh, she always, from the very, very start, wanted to make sure that the Nosy Crow logo um, could be entirely trusted for teachers, parents, um, booksellers alike, and, and that it meant that that we we only went as far as 12. So we didn't, there's no um, contentious content in any of our titles at all. So I guess if we were to ever go into the YA arena, we would have to think of a possibly a different imprint for that. Yeah, so you want to, want to be careful about the branding. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We, we um, yeah, we're really proud of what that what that logo means and and how trusted it's become. So you showed a few authors just now, but what parts of the list have been doing well for you over the last few years at Nosy Crew? Um, well, Pamela Pamela Butchart. I've just shown you that are some of our top selling fiction yeah. titles, but also Pamela Butchart, who writes amazingly funny um, seven plus, slightly younger younger age um, fiction. It's uh, zany and and just completely um compelling and you can see here what i mean about how we think very hard about the spacing on the page every page is different yeah. and every page has something new to offer um so, you, the, so the design is really much more important than before or similar um i would say that it's more important than when i've worked in other publishers from years ago yeah. um but i you know it's always something that has just been really important to us at nosy crow so nosy crow has been going this is um next year will be our 10th year of publishing and you're known for doing some digital publications as well we are um we are we um announced a little while ago that we weren't going to do any more of those um and that really was it was very sad. We had had the most amazing set of reviews for our digital um, interactive books online, but we and apps, but we just couldn't make them pay, honestly. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. It's very, very difficult to charge even a small amount of money on, on the app store, um, even for you know, very, very high quality content. It's an incredibly competitive market. So how do books compete with social media and digital devices these days? What, how do um, you make sure they still compete? I think that, again, our 0 to 12 um, age, target age range really helps us because our books are 
to, to certainly to middle grade fiction age group, they are bought by the parent and, and children's books are still seen as really wholesome and, and important and important in their print form and important and an important part of the household. But what we try and do is we make our books as interactive and interesting as possible. So I've talked about the fiction. So we're, we're competing with the computer screen in, in as many ways as we can. So something like our Felt Flat series, um, you know, they, they are beautifully designed and they've got as many novelty factors as, as we can Yeah, that looks amazing. Yeah. Um, that makes a difference. We do publish, of course, we, we our ebooks are available too. Um, and we've just started a program in lockdown of making all our picture books available as ebooks too. Oh, right. So that with a similar price to the to the print books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what and diversity is being a big issue in children's publishing. Is that something with your age group that you're really conscious about? Yeah, extremely so. We um we talk about it all the time. And, and have done for as many years as I've been at Nosy Crow. Um, I think we think about it in three ways. We think about it from a content point of view, we think about it from a creation and a creator point of view, and we think about it from a staff point of view too. Um, so uh, the latest set of statistics um, that we provided, um, uh, that the VA asked for in terms of data collection for diversity, um, we looked at our lists and our pitch book and preschool list. We've got 81% of new titles feature uh, BAME characters and in the 5 to 12 sector, 71% of our new titles. So we were really pleased with those statistics. We really felt that they were, they were ones to be proud of. Um, we just know that a third of primary school children are children of colour and, and preschool and, and children are, are our absolute heartland. Um, so there are many titles now that, that really go that extra mile. We've got two coming in 2021. Um, Adam 2 is our first um, non-gender binary character in a middle grade fiction title. We've got Making a Baby, which is a completely inclusive um, uh, book detailing how every family um, uh, begins. Um, Nizrana Farouk is our first um, own voice author, um, which I showed you earlier on. Um, and then on the other side of things, if we're trying to encourage um, creators, we're a, one of the key sponsors of the Pathways programme, which is run in conjunction with the House of Illustration. Um, and we provide pro bono help and, and money to encourage it in talented illustrators who wouldn't necessarily have thought of children's illustration as a way forward for them. We've got open submissions for BAME um, and then on a staff front uh, we post all our entry level jobs on the creative access website. Um, senior management team have all taken part in our bias selection training um, and actually, even last week, we, we talked to all staff about new ways that they think that we, we can do things differently, both internally and externally. So it's pretty comprehensive, so it's good to hear, yeah. And uh, how important are bookshops to you? I mean, physical bookshops, important to children's publishing. Physical bookshops are just the lifeblood of us. You know, we, we can't do without them. We we need them for discoverability 
we need them for recommendation uh they are absolutely essential to us and with covid and bookshops being closed that's obviously made things quite hard in the last few weeks yeah it's been a really um golly it's been a really challenging time we never expected that we would close the doors at the crow's nest um we have an office uh, just a few steps away from the shard in london and on the Monday morning, we were saying, no, 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 we, you know, we're not closing. And on the Thursday evening, the doors were locked and all our 50 odd staff had taken their computers and been thrown to the far winds. Um, some, some of us working from our childhood bedrooms. Um, but we, so we saw a huge shift um, yeah. from a sales point of view. I just have never had the rug taken from me so many times in such a short period of time. We had to make a lot of decisions that you would never imagine that you'd have to make. Obviously, what has emerged is a trend of a huge spike in in online sales, um, and and also the the supermarkets have have done well to 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 still keep that book offering going. Um, but as we all know, we've we've lost our bricks and mortar lifeblood really in in terms of the the chains and the independence and children want to open the books in the shop and have a look and children want to open the books in the shop so we've been talking a lot to the independence the independence are, are, as we speak due to or can open from next monday um but what is unclear is how they're going to be able to restrict that touch um, and do they, do they, as James Daunter said, um, put the books into quarantine for a certain amount of time? But particularly, the, the Indies have talked a lot about the fact that, that we sell children's books, you know, and there's a lot of little hands who just want to get stuck into the felt flap. Yeah. And what about export at this time? How is that working? Well, out? Export, export has um, honestly done us proud. Um, because the timing was was such that um, obviously China was a little bit before us, so they have come out of lockdown a little bit sooner. Um, so as of the end of May, our sales in China are up 900, 900%. Um, so it has uh, provided us with, with great support. Um, and I find it hard personally to believe that I was actually in Wuhan with my suitcase full of books um 12 months ago 12 months last february um and that that just seems like a lifetime away now i did a lot of export travel um about uh, a year ago um so i visited 12 countries in 12 months some of them two or three times and are you selling directly or licensing uh, does it depend on the market uh we have um, from an export point of view, we have two distributors, one in South Africa, Jonathan Ball, and our friends in Singapore, Pansing, Singapore and Malaysia. Um, we sell rights all across the world, but I, I'm just responsible for, for our export sales. Um, there's a lot of markets that would like um, exclusive deals, so we have to think very hard about those, but um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's great. And uh, what what are your predictions for the children's world of children's publishing over the next few years? Do you have any? Well, 
It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we're in such a different landscape. What I do know is what's happened and suddenly had a spike through, um, through these last three months. Um, so there's been a, a huge change. There's been a, a massive increase in uh, interest in mindfulness and um, nature and colouring uh, and all things crafty. So as you, I mean, it's pretty obvious people staying at home and and wanting to, yeah, just just go to the park if they can and and really celebrate the the place around them. So from a nosy crow point of view, things like our series of books that we publish in association with and partnership with the National Trust have worked really, really well. Um, what are my predictions for the future? In the short term, I think there is no doubt that we're going into a recession, sadly. And what we know about recessions is that um, people return to safe purchases, people return to classics, people return to things that they know. So, um, you know, we our bestsellers and the things that have worked really well will continue to do really well. Um, but also, I think we found in, in when times were tough, tough last time, we have a series of picture books um, and they're uh, sort of fractured fairy tales. So there's an element of the familiar and then a little twist. So the princess and the pea or whatever. And we found that those work really well in a recession too. But I think it's interesting because I think um, the latest Nielsen research um, seems to suggest that come the Christmas market, they won't, we, we as consumers won't necessarily, we won't be making impulse buys, but we will be making very considered, uh, perhaps high price point purchases. So something like which was the waterstones gift book of the year um yeah. uh we have i think there'll be a resurgence of sales in in books that that feel like they're for keeps um but we have actually you can see it behind me but we've we've got the uh, the sequel as it were to i am the seed that grew the tree which is an animal for every day of the year the tiger tiger burning bright which is coming out this autumn so i think that you know that's my prediction that that will do surprisingly well given the circumstances for us at nosy crow um i think there is more of an ebook market than we have exploited thus far but i still believe that print is print is our heartland um and the rest of publishing has seen big growth in audio is that something relevant to your Ah, well, that's a really good question. So, so we have on our on our picture books every single paperback picture book that we publish has a QR code on it, and I feel the need to leap up and go show you one. But um, it has a QR code in in the inside front page, which is called our Stories Allowed program, and that gives access to a free recording of every single one of our paperback picture books. We also have extended that recently to um, some of our board books too. So we give away our audio um, free um, and, and we always have done right since the start of Nosy Crow. So it's a huge USP for us. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. We do, on the fiction side, we sell audio for yeah. our, uh, our middle grade. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much for sparing the time and uh, thank you. That was really interesting. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Bye bye.